Praise the Lord. Well, my name is Hayden Ratner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk, and I just want to honor you and say I'm so glad that you joined us from my wife Nina and I, our ministry team. We've been praying for this day. We've been believing God for this day. Thank you, Pastor Stacy, for hosting us and welcoming us in. Um, if you are a first-time guest, we hope you don't stay as a guest. We want you to be a part of our family. And for those watching online, thank you for joining us online. Come on, let's let the online family hear you right now. Come on. We love you, Walk Online, and uh, Kinsey is joining us on the chat, and so let us know where you're joining us from right now. You may be in a different city, state, or country, or maybe you're in Henderson or Summerlin, or maybe you're in your bed right now. No shame, okay? Just go ahead and say, hey, this is where I'm at, and I'm at church online. Praise the Lord. Well, we're in this series that we've titled Level Up. Look at the person next to you. Come on, I'm just trying to help you engage a little bit. Tell them it's time to level up. It's time to level up. It's time to level up. I believe that it's time for you and for me and for us to level up. It's a level up season. What does that mean? I'm gonna give you some brief definitions on what it means to level up. Three quick ones. One, it means to go higher, to go to a higher level or standard. We even made these wristbands. They're around here somewhere, if you find one of these wristbands, just grab it, grab a bunch if you want, and it says level up, it says go higher. I believe that the ceiling on your life is actually higher than you may realize. That God has more for you, more in store for you, that God has a bigger future and plan for your life than maybe you even realized. Friend, go higher. This next season, I want, I want to see you go higher to increase or improve something. Maybe you would look at your life and you would say, you know what, there, there's certain things in my life that I can improve on. Maybe it has to do with parenting, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's financial, maybe it's church, maybe it's trusting God with something, maybe it's sport, whatever that may be, you're saying, you know what, I gotta improve in certain areas. That means to level up, to make a move in your life for the better. I believe everybody's making a move in their life for the better just by being at church today, and I pray that you would get something out of this. It would be a level up moment for you, okay? So we've been talking about leveling up in our mission, our vision, our values here at Walk Church, and just going to give you a quick couple reminders, and we're going to jump into the text today. Uh, our mission here at Walk Church is this, to free people to walk in Jesus, that we have a clear mission of why we exist. What, what, what's the purpose that Walk Church exists? Here it is, so that we could see more people set free, which comes through knowing Jesus, and then Freedom is good, but freedom with a purpose is even better to walk in Jesus. I, I'm gonna say it often. You're gonna hear me say it all. The same life that Jesus lived in these pages, he lives today through us. We are his hands. We are his feet. The spirit of Christ is now alive and active through his church if you would get out of the way and allow Christ to live in and through you. Bring people to walk in Jesus. We want to help people do that. Now, our vision is our mission realized. Our vision at Walk Church is when the mission happens. So what is it going to look like? How do we know when we cross this touchdown line? Here it is. When people know God, find community, discover purpose, and make a difference. Come on, will you help me say it with me? When people know God, find community, discover purpose, make a difference. We want everybody to do these four things because we believe all four of these things make up what the Bible calls a disciple. A disciple knows God, a disciple is in community, a disciple has a purpose, a disciple is making a difference. 
and so I, why we exist is to help you get there. And we've been talking about leveling up in these areas. We're in specifically a category here called find community. We're in the find community zone. We're talking about the value of community, the importance of community. Two weeks ago, I gave an introductory sermon to the topic of community. Hopefully, it made sense. Hopefully, it was clear for you um, that, that you left thinking, man, community is important, that I cannot live the solo lone ranger by myself Christianity. There's just too many one another's in the Bible to do it by yourself. In fact, there's over 50 one another statements in the New Testament alone. Let me give you a couple. Love one another. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Outdo one another in showing honor to each other. Be kind to one another. Right? So you see, there's 50 of them. And what you'll realize as you start to walk this Christian life out is you'll realize, man, I cannot live most of these teachings if I don't get around people. It's hard to forgive somebody that you don't know. Right? It's hard to be kind to somebody that you never see. And so there's, there's this essence that, uh, more than an essence, it's more of an expectation that we're called to community. And so we're talking about how to find community. And I, I want to talk about that today in this second part. I want to be a little bit more practical. We talked about community from the 30,000 foot view and how freedom happens in community. Healing follows community. But now I want to talk about some handlebars, some tools in your tool belt. So if you're ready, say Ready. ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Well, Father, right now, as we, as we engage in these scriptures, in these challenges, in these points, God, I pray that there would be something, a light bulb that comes off, that, that, that comes on, that turns on, and, and something in us levels up today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to lead us today. And speak to us now through your word, in person and online. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As I was working on this message, I, I started to think about um, some challenge statements, some challenge statements, some, some ideas, some statements that would, would maybe have you wrestle with making a decision today. When you leave here, actually applying something that you got from this message. I want to encourage you today with three challenge statements from this topic that I'm hopeful if you apply them would help you level up. If you got all that, say, I got it. Got it. All right, it's going to help you level up. Um, the first challenge statement, if you're ready, I'm going to put it up here on the screen, uh, is this find community through consistent, involved church attendance. Find community through consistent, involved church attendance. I'm believing that this point right here, if you apply this, if you do this, if you live this, you're gonna automatically level up. I heard Japper give me a yeah, but I think some other people were thinking, I don't know about that one. <laughs> let, me, let me just lean into this topic for a second regarding church attendance. I know that the subject, church attendance, could feel a little bit sticky, a little bit tough, but I don't want it to. I wanna talk about this subject from the lens that this is gonna be a, a area in your life that's gonna help you go to the next level. Notice I use the word consistent. The word consistent here by definition, I'll pull up one here on the screen, means a marked harmony, regularity, 
or steady continuity, free from variation or contradiction. Why is that so important for us here today? Well, I believe it's important because we live in an era that uh, faithful and consistent is defined different than the actual definition. The, the definition that we use in America, according to Barna Research Study, there's a research group that exists that studies churches, spirituality in America, has defined faithfulness as going to church once a month, has defined regular as to attending a church service once a month. In fact, I was just in Denver last week speaking at a church in the area called the Livingstone Church, great church, and I was meeting up with the pastors afterwards after service, and they said, hey, how's church attendance in Las Vegas? And I'm sharing about how I, I think it's good, I think it's growing, I think that people are starting to engage more in person and still online, and I said, how about in Denver? And, and one of the gentlemen at the table said, well, we count a regular church attender, if they come once a month, that's awesome. I said, in my head, I wonder how much of that is true for us here at Walk. I'm not quite sure, but I, here's what I do know. If you're gonna level up, you can't be a once a monther. I'm just saying. This, is, this, this message is gonna hit different. This message is gonna be a little bit of a challenge. But as long as I've been a part of Walk, which is since we started, I've known that this church has always embraced the challenge. The word walk, in a, it means take a step. Right, And so what I wanna encourage you with with this first challenge is this. I'm gonna put the language back up. Finding community through consistent, not just a once a month, not just a creaster. Come on, y'all know about creaster? Church on Christmas and Easter? <laughs> Listen, hear me. What, I, what I'm not trying to do is shade any of my creasters, all right? You should go to church on Christmas and Easter, but nothing less than that, right? Like, that can't be... You're only gonna level so far. God has so much more for you. God wants to do so much more in you and through you. Consistent, involved church attendance. In other words, what would it look like for you to not just attend, but to get involved? Don't read what I'm not writing. Some of you read, find community through church attendance. Find community through consistent, weekly, regular, frequent, you call it, right? Involved church attendance. Friend, the word involved means to get in on it, to put your hands in it, to have a, a level of ownership in it. Your level up degree will only go so much until you get involved. I wanna encourage you to be a part of the team here at Walk Church. We call it the dream team. Amen. Rose is clapping. The dream team, the reason why we use that language instead of volunteer team is because I feel like volunteer just doesn't cut it when we're, when we're talking about who we are. We're a church that's made up of an army of leaders and dream team members that weekly make the dream come alive here at Walk Church. This stage did not just pop up here. Dream team members got here on Friday night and laid it down. This TV, there's dream team members clicking slides, working on slides, setting down chairs, 
We're serving in kids' ministry, serving on the worship team, serving in ways that we serve the city. We did a trunk or treat that Pastor Stacy talked about Friday. How? Because we have a dream team that came together and brought that dream to life. People that are involved. Let me tell you something. You might wake up on some Sundays and say, you know, I don't know. I just am comfortable. It's kind of that like little cold weather. I could probably sleep a little bit longer. I don't think I'm going to go to church today. But I'm involved. So I have to. But I have a part to play. But they will miss me. But they're counting on me. I'm in this thing. I want to encourage you this season, as you turn into November, that your November would be different. That you would say, you know what? I'm going to find community this November and in 2022, and I'm going to do it through consistent, involved church attendance. Church attendance is essential. Getting in this room, getting under the word of God, connecting with other people, seeing family, friends. We talk about this all the time. This church gathering, right, is not just like family, right? We need to see each other, amen? I, I try to give you little statements to speak to each other. I mean, it's not everything, but it's something. Just, why do I go to church? Well, yeah, I want to get under the word. I want to sing God's word, but man, I want to see family. The author of the book of Hebrews writes in Hebrews chapter 10, he says it like this. Let us consider how to, everybody go like this, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This, this writer in the Bible, the book of Hebrews is full of so much Mind you, why should husbands get their wives coffee? Because the Bible says he brews, all right? It's so corny, it's terrible. A little baby clap, that was terrible. Thank you for the, the courtesy laugh. He brews. Look, he says, he says, don't neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some. The, the King James Version says, don't forsake the assembly of brothers and sisters together. Don't, don't neglect it as is the habit of some. In the 21st century, we would call that a, uh, a subtweet, right? Where, where you're talking about somebody subliminally, right? The author of Hebrews, he's got somebody on his mind where he's like, you know, I know some people, it's their habit to just not come. Can I ask you today, Walk? How's your habits? Do you have holy habits? Do you have community habits? Right here he says, some people have made it a habit to skip church. Some people have made it a habit to say, you know what? I think I'm just gonna take a season off. I think I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna skip out for a little bit. Can I tell you how many people I know that when you take off, somebody else takes off? But when you make it a habit to come, somebody else makes it a habit to come? Can I just tell you that your, your witness, your church attendance has power to it? I caught this revelation as I was thinking about this sermon. I started to think about how many people over the past six years since we started our church have come to me and have said, you know what, I came to walk and I really started to know God, find community, discover purpose. I love this church. You know why I came here? Because this person came here. Do you know how many parents 
have come to church because little kids have said, mommy, daddy, I wanna go to church. I went to Trunk or Treat. They said they're doing Costume Sunday this weekend. I need, I have an appointment at the 412. Mom, dad, you coming to church. Do you know how many parents have said, hey, kids, we're going to church. And kids are saying, dang, okay. You might not even feel like coming to church, but maybe halfway through the service, you might see a friend, hear a word, sing a song. You might say, you know, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad, I'm glad. Even, even if you got brought here to church, I wanna encourage you. There's something about you going that has a magnetic effect to it. And I just wanted to say to you today, don't neglect meeting together. Don't neglect engaging in church. Don't neglect leaning in. That's the habit of some. We, we probably all know some. Give me a head nod if you know some. But hey, I, I wanna encourage you. This is a level up season for you. I wouldn't even, don't even look to the left or to the right right now. Lock in and say, okay, what's the habit of me? Making a habit, a, a, a habitual lifestyle that says, you know what, I'm gonna lock in I'm gonna attend, I'm gonna be consistent, I'm gonna get involved, and I'm, God's even gonna use my obedience to take others with me. That's what it means to be a leader. I wanna encourage you. I really, encouraging one another. I'm encouraging you, here, make it a habit to get to church. It, it will be the level up thing for your, the rest of your life to say, you know what, I'm in the game. I'm not just on the fringe, I'm not just on the bench, I'm in the game. Here's what he says, he says, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let me just highlight that, that phrase, the day drawing near. I believe, you can quote me on this, I believe we are closer to Jesus coming back than we've ever been before. Amen? I mean, it's not that profound of a statement. We're not going backwards, we're obviously closer. <laughs> I don't know when he is coming back. I really don't. Jesus himself says it's not for people to know times, seasons, dates. We don't, we're not in that business. Jesus himself said it's not for you to know. What he did say is don't sleep, period. It's actually a verse in the Bible that says just don't sleep. Obviously he's for physical sleep. He's saying don't be sleeping on Jesus. Because he's gonna come back in a moment and you're gonna be like, oh snap, I missed it. And we don't want that for you, right? He says, well, as you see the day drawing near, there's symptoms in the world, amen? There's Jesus drawing near symptoms around us. Whether that's in nature, whether that's in culture, whether that's in lifestyle in general, in just how society is working and moving. There's things that Jesus said, when you start to see these things, you're close, that the birth pains have started to happen of Jesus drawing near. That's the capital D day that the author of Hebrews is referring to. So, as you see the day drawing near, draw near to his church. As you see the day drawing near, draw near to the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. I know it's Halloween, and we would love to just imagine a spooky, holy Jesus head floating around the room. That's what I hear. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. 
Did you know that Jesus has a body? He does. Us. If you never come to church, or if you're inconsistent, your connection to the body will be limited. So I want to encourage you. Lean in this year. Say, I'm going to make it a habit. I'm going to make it a habit for my family. I'm going to make it a habit for my friends. I'm a part of this thing. And let me go ahead and say this. Not from a condemning way. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You're already forgiven. You're already free. It's not a have to. It's a get to. It's a want to. We're going to level up together. I love that we're doing this series because I'm around a bunch of people that are all leveling up. If I don't level up, I'm going to be like I'm missing something. Right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a get to. It's a want to. It's, it's health for you. Maybe you're, you're working on your physical health, but let me tell you something. You're not going to get there if you only go to the gym on Christmas and Easter. If you go to the gym on the first week in January and then maybe like the first week of June because you got invited to a pool party, you're not going to be ready. All right? Come on, you got to get some frequency, some consistency. It builds health. It builds strength. Uh, revivalist D.L. Moody, who preached the gospel to thousands, he, he said, church attendance is as vital to a disciple as transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick man. Moody, who engaged in revivalistic ministry, was a global leader, would say, man, there's, there's nothing more important health-wise to the disciple as attending church getting involved, getting engaged. Friend, I wanna see you here. I'm putting that challenge out. Let me go ahead and read challenge number one and then I'll move in, move on from here. I don't, I don't wanna move past this. Find community through consistent, involved church attendance. If you gotta say I got it, let me go ahead and hit you with this one. Don't feel like you have to say anything. But if you're down to take this challenge, let me get a, I'm down. I'm down. All right. I'm going to hold you to it. You hold me to it, all right? Yeah. Let's do this thing together. Let me give you the second point on how to find community. Find community. Level up challenge number two, all right? You came to church. You got hit with a bunch of challenges. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Find community through consistent, there goes that word again, authentic charge group engagement. Oh, snap. We got some charge group advocates in the room today. Find community through consistent, authentic charge group engagement. The language is intentional. The wording is specific. Church family, I, wanna, I came here to tell you this. Coming on Sunday, hopefully you're convinced, is so important. It's the blood transfusion to the sick man. It's the, it's the call of the disciple. It's the body and the bride. But friend, there's still more. Jesus preached to the big crowd, didn't he? Jesus would engage with the 5,000. He would engage with the 10,000. Jesus would engage in the large group. In fact, Jesus, it was hard for him to escape large crowds that were surrounding him. But what does Jesus do as he starts his ministry? He starts a group. Jesus doesn't call 50 people, he calls 12. The greatest head coach of all time is named Jesus Christ. He, 
he took for my, for my athletes in the room. Jesus started with 12 knuckleheads, all right? And he used this group to change the world. And in fact, the book of Acts would say that this group turned the world upside down, right? It's not gonna happen unless there's consistent, authentic charge group engagement. We chose the, to use the phrase charge group over the phrase small group because this idea charge group has this, this imagery of when you plug something in, the battery goes up, the, the, the charge increases. Um, we don't need to do show of hands, but just looking at the room of this size, I'm just looking at people that I know, friends, family, people that work within the city of Las Vegas. Some of you work in the restaurant industry around lost people. Some of you work in the casino around lost people. Some of you work in real estate around lost people. Some of you work at banks around lost people. Some of you are working in different atmospheres that you are surrounded by people that don't subscribe to Christian faith. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen means I agree. I, I am doing life in spaces that involve lost people. Here's what I've realized. When I'm in those atmospheres for too long, my battery drains. I'm just saying, it's, it's one too many words that I probably shouldn't be hearing. It's conversation that really doesn't even build me up. It's, it's a, an unequally way of living, thinking, I'm not speaking this in any judgmental way. I'm just talking about my own spiritual soul. So there's something about going to a charge group where you're able to go into a space and be like, oh, yes. I'm charging, I came here to charge up around brothers and sisters that are like-minded. We came to encourage each other. We came to pray for each other. We came to plug in. We came to boost Come on, we came to have some food, Lord willing. We came to pray, we came to listen, we came to talk, we came to sh share the word. See, church is time under the word. Charge group is time around the word. I, I love rows. I think I like circles better. Rows are good, but rows are oftentimes looking at other people's heads. When you go to a group, you look at other people's eyes. You get to see tears, you get to see joy, you get to see real life together. Consistent, you get to see each other during the charge group season. Authentic. Can I just, can I double, can I just talk about the word authentic and why it matters? Church, I wanna encourage you to get in a group and to be authentic. Even, even when you come here on Sunday, to be authentic, but we can come and go so quick in this atmosphere that we might miss each other. In fact, there's a whole nine o'clock service that already happened. Jesus is in community with all of us, praise God. And you don't need to be in community with everybody, but you do need to be in community with somebody. One of the ways that we do that here at Walk is through charge groups. Friend, I wanna encourage you to get in a group and to be authentic in the group. When you had a really bad day, go in the group and say, I had a bad day. Hey, Hayden, how's it going? I'm struggling. I, I, I wanna see a culture where it's normal to struggle. Listen, the Christian life is countercultural. The world is against you. 
your own flesh is against you. The battle is real. We did a whole series on spiritual warfare. Don't be surprised when you're attacked. Don't be surprised when you're struggling with the faith. That's why you gotta get the word into you so that the word can activate things in your heart and mind because if you don't, you might fall to temptation or the flesh. That's why we need each other in the group to hold us accountable, to, to give us a word, to encourage us, to pray over, to charge up, to be authentic. If you're not authentic, what are you doing? If you're... you're Inability to be authentic may be robbing your group of power, of an experience. Now, friend, if you had an amazing day and got the promotion and every, and every light turned green, go into the group and be like, man, it was amazing. I'm winning. Praise God. I just came here to praise God because the group is there to praise God with you. But in reality, it's not always like that. And you have a space in the charge group to be authentic. I've found that the reputation of church in Las Vegas and beyond, in all the different places I've lived, the reputation of church is not good. If I can just be honest, outside of this room, the majority of people in our city don't think highly of church. And one of the biggest stumbling blocks as to why people don't go to church, why coworkers don't go to church, why your classmates don't go to church, why your teammates don't go to church, is because they feel like church is missing an authenticity. I like how Dahadi Lewis, he's a pastor in Atlanta, says he says, authenticity is the apologetic of our day. Right? The apologetic is not, is not, let me go ahead and argue from the Bible on why we are, we need to defend the faith. It's not gonna be that. There's probably a lot of people out there that believe the Bible. They just don't believe us. Now, don't get me wrong, if you're not at church, you don't have a thing to say anyway. <laughs> right, hold on. Like. So I, I, I just wanna say, your authenticity matters. Like to my middle school students, my high school students, listen to me, your authenticity matters. Your authenticity to your Christian walk will be the most powerful thing to your school you bring an authentic Christian walk. You don't have to be perfect. Jesus is the perfection we need. But to walk out that authenticity will, I, l listen, it's not on Instagram, y'all. The authenticity's not there. It's in, our, it's in our life. It's in your lifestyle. Even, even with all types of mess and sin and struggle, it's, the righteous fall seven times, but get back up again. You gotta tell somebody when you, fight, when you fell. It's the righteous thing. The righteous fall seven times. I, didn't, I wouldn't know that any of you have ever fell. We're always so righteous. I'm always doing great, yeah. No, great, everything's great. How can I pray for you? Don't even need it. Dang, wow. I, I, I really feel bad now. I'll go to the charge group and be you. A dream of a charge group that you don't have to switch up when you go. Like the same you that's around the dinner table at your house can be the same you at the group. And God jumps into that and he starts to do something and people start to let their walls go down and they, they begin to realize, you know what? Like, dang, this, this is church, right? This is church, amen? So 
challenge number one is to have consistent church attendance. Involved, I'm coming on Sunday, I'm eating, I'm engaging, I'm under the word, but I'm not stopping there. I'm also going to a group, I'm getting around the word. I'm plugging in, I'm charging up. I, I, I really believe you making that decision. Now, charge group facilitators, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Right? That if people come to your group, they're gonna get charged. I, I found this to be true. Getting around the believers can be empowering. In, in, the, in the disciple Paul, the apostle Paul's life in the book of Acts, let me just show you one scripture, Acts chapter 14. This story moved me recently. I feel led to share it with you. Can I? Yeah. Thank you. Acts chapter 14, verse 19. Just imagine this. I'm, I'm one of those readers that I try to put myself in the story. I want you to put yourself into the climate 2,000 years ago. Jews from Antioch and Iconium came and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul, not with marijuana, but with actual, real, physical, sharp stones. Come on, we can laugh at church, all right? Come on. It's a terrible joke. Oh for 2. They, they stoned Paul and, and dragged him out of the city. I want you to just imagine this. Right? The apostle Paul, he's fired up about his faith. At one point he was persecuting Christians, now he's planting churches. He's going from city to city, sharing the gospel, making disciples. Here he's in a city called Antioch and Iconium and these Jews from that area, they show up on the scene and they start persuading the crowd, saying, "Yo, don't listen to Paul. Don't listen to Paul. He's he's speaking false heresy. Don't listen to Paul. In fact, we should kill Paul. Everybody pick up a stone right now. And the crowd said, yeah, let me go get a sharp stone. And they started hurling these stones at the apostle Paul to the point where they thought he was dead. They supposed that he was dead. They're like, yo, he ain't getting up. That brother is bloody and dead. Oh, verse 20 gets me excited. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up. There's something about the group. I wonder if the group was like, yo, Paul, stop going without us. Like Paul was like, man, I'm about to just go on this mission. The group group shows up in the city. Yo, where's Paul at? Like, oh, he dead. (laughs) He's dead. What you mean? He He was just with us. We just had a charge group. They're like, well, where's, where's, where is he? Where's Paul? They're like, oh, he, they dragged him around the back and he got stoned to death. So the disciples then found him, gathered around him. Yo, Paul. Yo, Paul. This is how I envision it. You there? See Paul like come to life. Like, Whoa, what happened? They're like, bro, you got, they tried to execute you, man, for preaching the gospel. And the group around him is the very thing that raised him. He he rose up and he entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, right where he got stoned, and to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples. Let's get together encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations, 
We must enter the kingdom of God. Let me go ahead and tell you, being a Christian is not a, a, an escape card from struggle. Like how many times do you see in the Bible, you see storms come? Like Jesus intentionally sends the disciples into storms to prove a point. One, that we need Jesus. And two, the storms are part of life. Paul says, look, you're gonna enter the kingdom through many tribulations. That is a fact. The tribulations are around the corner. The thing that you don't wanna do is go through them alone. If you're gonna go through a tribulation, at least go together. How many of these, come on, some of y'all were watching some scary movies this past week. <laughs> Who's the one that always dies? The one that got separated, amen, right? The one that's alone. You start watching one of these movies, person's by themselves, she dead. <laughs> Automatic. Right? I, I would even say the devil is less likely to attack you at that level when you're with community. When you're in a group. The devil's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and attack this person on Tuesday night. Wait a minute, they got charge group. Dang, I'm going to have to try again next, next time. Most people that I talk to that fall into sin, fall into sin when they're by themselves. Right? Friend, I want to encourage you to find community. Don't wait for it to find you. It might not ever. Can I just be honest? It might not. You got to go find it. This is with the apostle, the apostle Paul's world. Let me give you the third and final point of this sermon. The third challenge. If you're ready for the third challenge, say maybe. Let's go. Okay, let's go. I gave you a maybe, all right? I gave you an honest answer. Here we go. Find community through consistent, I wanna, I wanna stay there, personal meetups. Personal meetups. Consistent, regular, frequent, often. I'm consistent. I'm consistently at it. I'm persistent. I'm consistent. Personal. I like this word personal. I'm not just meeting up just to meet up. I'm meeting up for connection. I'm meeting up to get personal. Now, you don't got to go zero to 100 on the first coffee meetup, okay? Can I get an amen? amen? That might be weird, and you might not get asked back. Just saying. But you can unlayer something. Maybe you unlayer something. Maybe the person you're connecting with unlayers something. And you get a little personal. This is church. Remember the definition I gave two weeks ago. Church is not primarily an event you attend. Church is primarily a community you belong to. Church is, you don't go to church. You are the church. Right? But we go to experience church. You're having church at group. You're having church on Sunday. You can mess around and have church in the Starbucks. A couple brothers just pulled me aside this morning and said, hey, we're doing church tomorrow over breakfast. We're getting together. We're chopping it up. I was like, man, that's, that's what I'm talking about right there. The, the fellowship. Don't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some but as you see the day where Jesus is coming back, drawing near, either you're going to go to him or he's going to come to you. Don't neglect to meet together. Personal meetups. Jesus, right? Our, remember, we're set free to walk in Jesus. So the same things Jesus did then, 
talking about now. Jesus ministered to the big group. He did. Jesus got in a charge group, a small group, with his 12 disciples. On the boat, off the boat, in the cemetery, uh, feeding the 5,000, all types of places. But did you know that Jesus also had what we're going to call a VIP group? That Jesus had a smaller group even within the 12 that he did life with. Listen, you don't have to tell your community everything. You don't. Maybe you can have a smaller group that you can go there with. You don't need everybody. You do need somebody. Jesus had three disciples, Peter, James, and John, that he just went to a deeper level with. Did you know that? Let me show it to you. In, in uh, Matthew 17, you find Jesus on mission here with his VIP team. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. So I can't tell you all the reasons why Jesus didn't pick Judas and Thaddeus and Bartholomew and the other, Matthew. The ta- he didn't pick those other disciples. He said, I want to I have a moment with these three. He goes up on the mountain, and he was transfigured before them. Jesus showed these disciples a side of himself that nobody else saw. Jesus was transfigured and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. That was a rhyme. Like, can you imagine this moment? All of a sudden, Jesus has this like, and now his face is glowing. He's got this brand new all white suit on. I don't know if it was a suit. All white Air Force Ones on, for sure. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah. This is one of my most fascinating stories in the Bible. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna find Peter. I'm gonna say, Peter, tell me about the transfiguration moment. Because all of a sudden, Moses is like like a power ranger, like, boom. Moses. Moses, the one who parted the sea, like, y'all don't love Moses? Come on. Like, Moses should have got a clap. (laughs) I'm just playing. And Elijah, right? You know, Moses and Elijah lived in two different Old Testament time periods. Moses is way at the beginning, leading the people, leading the the grumpy Israelites out of slavery. Elijah came way later. Elijah had all types of struggle. Elijah had depression. He was suicidal. He He was, but he walked in community. He walked by faith. Moses and Elijah are kicking it in heaven. Jesus has this transfiguration moment. He calls down Moses and Elijah. They come down and they hang with Jesus on the mountain and Peter, James, and John are like, whoa. Here we go. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, this is really good. Peter said, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It's interesting. Peter's a lot like us. We always want to stay on the mountain. Can we just have that mountaintop high like that? Just like, man, Jesus, is, this is really good. Peter's like, man, I just want to stay up. I just want to, Moses, I'll make you your own tent. Make you like a, a put a backsplash in there. You know, like, Elijah, what, what type of tent you like? I'll make you a beautiful tent. I'll make myself a tent. We'll all just hang out here forever. We don't need the other disciples. Let's just, this is really great. I love this right here. While he was still speaking, 
while Peter's still trying to devise this plan, God the Father enters in and speaks this word. Behold, light cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, Peter, stop talking. Listen to Jesus. This moment is not about you. And before you know it, right, the scene is over. Next verse. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise, have no fear. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I wonder if when they came down the mountain, the other disciples were like, what happened? What happened? They're like, man, that was crazy. We were hanging out with Mo. We did a charge group with Moses and Elijah. Jesus had a brand new outfit on. <laughs> God the Father spoke. And yeah, that was, uh, we got really scared and that was it. <laughs> like, wow, what a moment. I mean, like, I'm just trying to put myself in the story. The point that I'm trying to make is Jesus had a special group of people that he revealed different things to. You should do the same. As you walk in Jesus, find two to three other people that can be very important people in your life that you can bear your soul to and say, I'm struggling, I need help, um, I got the promotion, I don't know if I should take it, I, I don't know if I should move, I don't know what God is teaching me, speak to me, help me, let's walk together. A 2 a.m. friend, somebody you can call at 2 a.m. and they know they're going to answer that thing because they know if they were to call, you would answer it. So I wanna encourage you to, number one, everybody say one. one. Level up challenge number one. Find community through consistent, involved church attendance. That means I'm gonna see all y'all next week, right? Amen? Yeah. Let's go. Look at the person next to you and say, we on for next week, right? All right. Man, oh man. It sounds good. Sounds good to me. Some of you might get involved. Some of you might say, you know what? I'm going to get involved. Uh, like fill out that connection card Pastor Stacy was holding up earlier and say, I want to join the dream team. I want to get involved. I wanna, I'll, we're going to talk about discovering your purpose. That's coming. Challenge number two. Find me through consistent, authentic charge group engagement. Listen to me, church. We got one more month for this charge group semester. We're gonna be doing groups for the rest of November. We always take December off. Some groups may still do some Christmas party stuff. That's, that'll be great. But for the month of November, we're gonna be doing groups. And then actually on November 23rd, we're gonna, call, we're gonna be doing a group's Thanksgiving feast. So I'm trying to give you the, I'm trying to give you the, you know, the hint. Start going to a group, you can go to the feast. Every group. <laughs> Every group is gonna bring their own special platter dish. It's gonna be off the chain. Off the chain, I haven't said that in so long. I want you to be there. I, hey, you, even if you just go the week before the feast, you can still go to the feast. The, o the only price you have to pay to go to the charge group Thanksgiving feast, it's, it's gonna be a great time. The fee you have to pay is, do you go to a group? This always happens. The day of the feast, somebody reaches out to me and says, ooh, I really wanna to go to the feast, but I don't go to a group. And I have to be like, oh, sorry. So to that point, if you wait 
you'll be too late. This week, everybody say this week. Go to a group. Get in a group. My group meets on Tuesday nights. We, amen, yeah, Julio. Julio always brings the little Caesars. Love you, man. Man, I, to that point, be a bringer. Right, be a bringer. We didn't ask Julio to bring that. He just said, you know what? I'm, a, I'm gonna bring the C- Little Caesars pizza. And that's been a, such a blessing. Man, this other couple in our charge group, Jill and Marty. Oh, shout out, man. They, I, I'm not meaning to, yeah. But I just wanna say, I just wanna honor them for a second because we ended up doing some renovations in our home and uh, it was just not ready for, for group. But Jill and Marty said, hey, we would love to open our home so we don't miss. And it's been such a game changer. And so friend, I wanna encourage you. I'm saying that all throughout this service. It's just an encouragement. We're not going to condemn anybody. We're not going to, we don't wanna make you feel bad. This is not the church where you, where you count your church attendance. It's not like, hey, here's your punch card. If you go to church 10 times, you get a free Bible. Maybe that'd be cool. Maybe you should do that, I don't know. But like, that's not what we're in it for. It's not a checkbox. It's not a, a have to, it's a I get to, right? So, so get in a group every Thursday night for our students, sixth grade all the way through 12th grade. Our walk youth ministry meets at our ministry office and we break up into charge groups at the youth. Get in a group. Like, like parents, tell your middle school, high school student, you're going, period. All right, level up challenge number three. Find community through consistent personal meetups. Make it, make it a point this week. This week, make it a point, make it a point, make it a point, make it a point. To find somebody that goes to this church, nine or 11 o'clock, maybe they haven't been going for a while. Maybe you might wanna reach out to them. Maybe they need that reach out. Make it a point to meet up with somebody this week. Coffee, breakfast, walk in the park. Where are my single folk at? Come on, you, you need this one. Come on, find, find you another single friend and say, hey, let's meet up this week. It was part of the sermon, I mean. Now, if the person's a little creepy, you know, curve them a little bit. You're like, ah. Maybe I wasn't the right one that you were, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to dodge that, but but open yourself up to it. Amen? Personal meetup. Somebody might ask you to meet up this week. I'm meeting up with some people this week. I'm excited to do that. I'm excited for people to meet up with me this week because we're all leveling up. Amen? We're all leveling up. I'm stepping away. That's, that's when my sermon is closing. Promise. I felt this on my spirit this morning. This last thing I'm gonna say is something I really felt in my spirit To, I felt like the, the Lord was like, I want you to say this today. And here it is. When you invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life, when you, when you said, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, I, I'm inviting you to, to, to Lord over my life. This is my question. Did you also give him the access to be the Lord of your schedule? That's the, 
Did you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, but I'll be the Lord of my schedule? Because the biggest reason why people don't come to church weekly and don't get in a group regularly and don't do meetups is because my schedule. I just can't, I don't got the margin for it. I can't schedule it in. And Jesus is saying, okay, so then Jesus is saying, so then I'm not the Lord of your schedule. Don't let your schedule dictate what you're gonna do and what you're not gonna do. You dictate what your schedule does. So you make it a priority if you wanna go to Wednesday prayer. You make it a priority if you wanna get in the group. You say no to things that aren't as good. Say yes to things that are even better. That's the only way to level up. If there was some type of secret sauce on how you could level up without going to church group and meetups, I tell you, I just can't find it. But I can't, I can't tell you how to level up. This is what we're talking about today. Let's pray. Lord, I, I love you. I, I thank you for meeting us here today. And God, right now in Jesus' name, I, I wanna ask you, Lord, for, for you by the power of your Holy Spirit to draw near to everybody in this room and everybody watching online. And that Heavenly Father right now, everybody would make the decision to give you the Lordship over their schedule. And God, I pray that if anybody here today does not know you as Savior, that right now, right now you would call on the name of Jesus. Right now you would say, Jesus, I believe. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And you're the one. You're the one that can save me. You're the one that can change me. You're the one who can heal me, deliver me, strengthen me, empower me, make me new. Jesus, do it. I confess and believe that you died and rose from the grave. And now I apply that salvation to my own soul. Cover me with your blood. Thank you for adopting me into your family. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And on the days where I don't wanna see people, and on the days where I don't wanna go to group or church or meet up, I pray that you would love people through me. On the days where my heart is cold and I'm just not feeling it, Jesus, you would do it through me. The flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do that. As we sing this response song now, I wanna invite you to respond to Jesus in this message, however you feel led. If that's to pray with somebody, if that's to come up to the altar and kneel in the nine o'clock service, this altar was filled with people praying. If you wanna grab one of our pastors or leaders, we'll be down here, we'd love to pray with you. But let's respond now in Jesus' name.